0: Welcome to the Shootin' the Cube Podcast, presented by Heath Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside book with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I'm joined, of course, by my lovely wife, Candace. How are you doing today, honey? I'm good. Just good? I'm tired. You're tired? I think me and you both are a little tired. A lot of travels, a lot of hard work, and, uh, and a whole lot of fun recently. Uh, on both sides of the rim with both work and personal. So uh, it's still getting over Labor Day myself and uh, all that. I know that was a couple weeks ago, but I still hadn't fully recovered from all that yet.
1: What did you do during Labor Day to Um, you need recovery from? Well,
0: I dove hunted and I drank beer, and I dove hunted and I drank beer. I'm going to say
1: you drank beer more than you dove hunted, if I had to guess, but that's just me. Yes
0: and no. I mean, it's. I'm not going to talk about percentages. I'm just going to say we, we drank. not good we, at numbers. Yeah, yeah, I'm not good at numbers on that, <laughs> on that end of it. I didn't keep up with how many gold <clears throat> tops I crushed. Mm. But I had a good time, and uh, I'm still recovering from it. And um, I don't know. Can't wait for next year's you know, Labor Day. I love that weekend.
1: <laughs> Got a ways to <laughs> go.
0: Know, have a ways to go. You know, talking about that, you know, we rolled right off for of Labor Day into an incredible football Already, you know, started off with a, with a blowout win for Old Miss, LSU lost, of course, um, you know, but NFL's kicked off and we've been working on a lot of football foods lately. I yeah. mean, really not working on them, but just cooking them and having fun with them and all that. And last week we uh, we done a cheeseburger queso.
1: It was different.
0: It was way different.
1: The it did taste like a cheeseburger, though. I mean, It really
0: did. Adding the relish to a queso recipe and a chopped onion, it was, I don't know, the mustard and mayo and ketchup mixed in, too, with the cheese. You would think that would be kind of weird, but I really liked it. I really did.
1: It was – I didn't dislike it, but it was definitely different. But you like cheeseburger stuff. Like, you even order cheeseburger pizza sometimes, so that's your thing. Yeah. But, no, it was good. It was just – I don't think I've ever had like you said like a warm cheese dip that has pickles in it.
0: Well, like a, a cheeseburger <laughs> taste to it. I yeah, guess Yeah, it did. Better.
1: I mean, it definitely did taste like a cheeseburger.
0: I mean, it, it's something that I definitely <clears throat> want to revisit, especially with a batch of freshly cooked shoestring fries maybe. Mm. And do some loaded fries Tater-tots with our tater tots. tots. I think that would be kind of cool. Um you know, and even I mean, nachos would be good, but I think the fries with the cheeseburger, queso yeah. on top, and then kind of maybe putting some tomato and lettuce and all that kind of stuff just on top.
1: Weird. It'd no. be a little bit Mm-mm. different. You can't have tomato and lettuce; do not go on hot things. I've told you, like they're not supposed to be warm. It
0: kind of depends on what it is. Mm-hmm. It just kind of I can't eat that.
1: You can't that'll eat that'll be all you.
0: It'll be all me. You know, I'll try it, no doubt. And you know, next week. I cooked a recipe. We're editing it right now. We've done some mm-hmm. blooming bologna. Yeah. Now, I've always cooked a lot of bologna. I've sliced it kind of thick and, you know, seasoned both sides and put it on, let it cook, and then grilled it off. And I've done whole chubs of bologna and smoked them and cut them. And for anybody that don't know what a, a, a stick of bologna is, it's actually called a chub. I mean, I worked in a meat market as a kid, but a lot of people does not realize a... Stick of baloney is called a chub,
1: unfortunately. Set TikTok on fire with that one that time.
0: Yeah, I know. Look at my chub.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, but did you know it was called a chub?
1: I mean, I, I've heard you call it that. I don't know if, I mean, I don't really know.
0: I think you're not used to my my redneck terms. <laughs> you remember that one time when I told you that one term and he's like, what is that? Corton. Corton. I do remember too, but they were riding side by side in that truck? Yeah. That's right. You she have sitting, a lot of terms. She was sitting right that. up on that man. Hey, they was courting. <laughs> they were going out. They I had courting.
1: no idea what that was at the time. But. I mean,
0: that's the way I was raised and taught. I mean, you courted a woman. I mean, nowadays, What went wrong with you? Well, nowadays, these youngsters, you know, they just don't know what's going on. They fly by night, got all this social media wide open. You know, I was still trying to be a gentleman back in. Mm-hmm. Right? I guess so. That's right. Well, you know, rolling into that, there's any other recipes that we've, you know, cooked lately that you really enjoyed?
1: Mm, I'm trying to think. I really don't know. I mean, I always go back to the same ones that I always like, but. I'm trying to think what else you've cooked lately, to be honest with you.
0: Well, you weren't at home two of the times I cooked. I ain't thinking about that. You were gone once to your sister's, and then the other time you were at work when I were cooking videos and all that. So you didn't really get to try.
1: I mean, I tried the the, the dip and the baloney. I'm trying to think what else there was, to be honest. But, you know, my memory's terrible.
0: Your memory is terrible. <laughs> well, you know, we do have a guest in studio today. And we want to bring him on. We met these gentlemen down in Key West, Florida. And, you know, everything's big in the state of Texas. So we got J.D. Marsh in house today. Let's go ahead and get him on and let's talk about some Texas barbecue. All right, everybody, we're back and we're with J.D. Marsh from Briggie Bomb Barbecue. How are you doing today, J.D.? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Appreciate y'all having me in. Man, you're a long way from home in South Texas, right?
2: I'm a long way from home. I sure am, but uh, I'm killing two birds with one stone out here. Got a couple other things to do, so it worked out well for me.
0: Good. Well, I know you were supposed to have J.J. with you, and unfortunately, he uh – he caught the bug.
2: He's and, man down right now, so uh, we'll have to catch up with him later, yeah.
0: Yeah, He, uh, we'll, we'll catch him on a Riverside chat coming up. Uh, I really hate that he couldn't make the plane ride, but I totally understand.
2: Too. I talked to him last night after dinner, and uh, he did not sound well.
0: Man, that sucks. Well, for the people that don't know J.D. or J.J. or, or Briggy Bomb Barbecue, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and about Briggy Bomb Barbecue.
2: Yeah, so Briggy Bomb Barbecue – we have a catering arm of the company, and then we have a rubs and sauces arm of the company. We are partners with Alex Bregman, third baseman for the Houston Astros. Um, it's myself, JJ, Jeremy Jeffers, and Alex Wilson are the three partners on my side, and then Alex Bregman is a partner on the other side, and we're 50-50 partners in the business. Um, so we do the rubs and sauces. That's, that's really what we're growing right now. Uh, right now, we have two rubs and three sauces out. We have a couple new things we're working on that will be out shortly, but stay super busy with that. And then catering side, we do a lot of corporate catering, corporate lunches, stuff like that. And uh, we got our start really similar to you and not not to the scale you were doing it, but in the competition barbecue world, we did that for probably 10 years. Just around South Texas, around the Houston area mostly, um, you know, IBCA mostly. Um, so that's where we got our start and started creating these recipes and whatnot, like I said, similar to you but smaller scale as far as the competition world, we didn't travel near as much as you have
0: and well, I didn't mean to it just kind of <laughs> started evolving <laughs> like that, you know what i mean and 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 went on and i I never anticipated this to turn into all this right I mean I never really did, but they say when you find something you love and it's your hobby and it yeah you know it's kind of hard to get away from it,
2: yeah, you know, we started out uh. 10, 12 years ago, we started going to chili cook-offs around mm-hmm. South Texas. And because it was there was one every weekend, they were fun, they were super cheap to do. All you needed was a pot, a Coleman stove, and a easy-up tent. You were rolling. So we started doing those and started doing pretty decent at those. And then we started getting into some of them that had barbecue cookoffs offs also. And we were all backyard barbecue guys. And we said, well, let's, let's start doing the barbecue portion of these cook-offs also. And so we went and had a... A buddy of ours built us a pit, and, uh, man, it was a leaky son of a gun and a hot son of a gun, but it, it cooked good, and so we rolled with that for several years. And that's That was the start into the barbecue competition world for us.
0: And so did that first trophy really engage you all to go spend ten grand right after the first bowling trophy?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's
0: the way it happens to generally most people, right?
2: Absolutely. It didn't take us long. We were building new pits, and then we had more than we knew what to do with and stuff sitting around and – selling stuff and buying more stuff and i think you were telling me you sold a trailer yesterday so yeah we're we're Apparently, doing the same kind of never
0: stuff. never advertised it only cooked on it once somebody sent me a text and said heard to the grapevine your trailers for sale and i said well you heard correctly everything i got for sale but the wife and kid and the kid can you know the kid's got to stay but the wife which she's questionable sometimes but i'm gonna hang on to her
2: yeah, like I'm the trailer, sure in the same way we are. We have way too much stuff. Way, way too much equipment. Too much stuff. And we're constantly selling and buying and getting and getting. If giving anybody else
1: would like to buy anything else of Heath's, y'all let me know. He has plenty. <laughs> no,
0: we're not trying to. We're not just. No, no, no. We're keeping the. I don't know. I've had a lot of. Uh, I'm not going to say older equipment, but I've, I've got rid of some older stuff. Yeah. And trading out for newer, smaller stuff that I don't need the big equipment anymore. I'm never going to go cook 35 contests right. a year anymore. You know, I'm only gonna cook some of the big ones and uh, and do uh, things that pertain to my brand and stores that I participate with and stuff like that, just promotions and stuff. I'm and I'm sure y'all are the same way. You can't go run the, the road. No, we're down I mean, we're
2: down to probably six or seven cook offs a year right now. We all have kids that are in junior high and elementary school and busy with sports and um, that plus the business along caterings on weekends and stuff. We just don't have time to do it. Um, we do have a couple guys that we've cooked with for years that still do grind it out every weekend, and we sponsor them. They use our products, they cook under our name, and they go out there and kill it. and They have, they enjoy doing it, and they have time to do it. But we personally, we don't have the time anymore to go do it every weekend. So, like I said, we have our few big ones every year. San Antonio is a big one for us. Houston's a big one for us, um, and then there's several other smaller cookoffs, kind of you know, in our region that. We like to hit every year.
0: Now, Uh, when is San Antonio? San
2: Antonio is the last weekend of January, and Houston is the last weekend of February. And uh, San Antonio is actually the largest cook-off in the state of Texas. It's bigger than Houston, teams-wise. The layout, the party, everything at Houston is way bigger. But San Antonio, teams-wise, is actually bigger than Houston. San Antonio is my favorite cook-off every year. Really? Uh, It is. It's a sanctioned cook-off. It's run very well. We've generally done very well out there. Uh, Houston is not sanctioned, and it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, it's more of a party, and it's a good time, a great time. It's a lot of work, but San Antonio is a true cook-off. I mean, you're there to cook. We're not there to party. We're there. To so cook.
0: y'all do not party, really, at San Antonio.
2: Well, I don't know <laughs> if i go that far, but not to the extent. At, at Houston, we have a huge tent. We feed 1,200 people a night. We have four uh Three nights of full band in our tent. So it is a major production uh, for for the three days, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, full band every night, feeding 1,200 people a night. It's quite so a production. So what all do y'all
0: cook to feed the 1,200 people that are coming through?
2: On Thursday night, traditionally, we do steaks. We do ribeyes, and we have a twice-baked potato salad with that and green beans. And then on Friday and Saturday, we do uh, pulled pork. Sandwiches, chopped beef sandwiches, uh potato salad, and beans. Yeah, wow, it's a lot. So yeah, it's that's a party. San Antonio is just our crew. We don't have any guests, no sponsors, nothing like that. We're just there to cook.
0: That sounds fun. Well, I mean, I hope that we're going to get to join y'all at Houston this yeah, year. Yeah, we, we'd love looking, to have you. I'm looking forward to it. I've never have been and. We've talked about going, I don't know, a dozen times. i Just invited. never could line the yeah. dates up. And when JJ called me the other day, I was like, I'm putting it on my calendar now. Yeah. I'm booking stuff already out in February right now. And so I am said, I'm putting it down. I'll be there. If I tell you I'm be there, I'll be there. Yeah. So unless somebody, you know, passes away that I can't control,
2: that's about it. It's a good time. I'll tell you, my, my biggest piece of advice is wear some comfortable shoes.
0: Well, I have learned <laughs> as I go to events later on in life, that you really need to bring a pair of shoes for each day. Yeah, because you don't need to w- repeat the same shoes you're wearing. And a lot of people don't understand. I had an older gentleman teach me that, and he does vending and big events, and he puts his shoes in a freezer, believe it or not, or a ice chest to get them really cold, and then he puts them on when it's really hot outside like that. And it's Tommy Houston. He told me he's he's got them, his shoes cold like out vending in Reno and all. Interesting. That. And he changes shoes every day like that. Sometimes shoes change shoes twice a day. And, you know, your feet hurt you. you put on a new pair of shoes yeah. and are ice cold, you can imagine 110 degrees. they got to feel good to your feet. Interesting. Yeah. really. Well, yeah,
2: being – Houston being that last week into February in southeast Texas, you never know what the weather's going to do. It's either going to be hot or cold, right? This past year, it was – I mean, it was 90 degrees. We were sweating the whole time. The year before, it was 35 degrees <laughs> and raining, and we were freezing to death the whole time, so – you never know.
0: I mean, that's Memphis in May here. Yeah. we've had it windy, rainy, cold. We've had it muggy a lot of years, and we've had it downright damn hot. Yeah, that's I true. mean, and then you know, you, you just don't never know. And it's always thunderstorms. It seems like in May, and it's yep. always a threat of closing the park and this and that. And if there's lightning, I think within two mile distance or ten mile distance, they have to shut the park down. Yeah. Won't let you come in the gate. It's some of that stuff's ridiculous, but.
2: Yeah, I came I came to Memphis in May this year for the first time, uh, and that was a whole other world for us. You know, we've been to Kansas City. We've cooked up there and uh, obviously the stuff around Texas. But the whole hog, that's not something that we traditionally do. And um, the way I think I was telling you yesterday, the way that y'all have to present to the judges is something totally foreign it. to us. Uh, it was pretty cool. That's to what see. separates the men from the boys. Yeah, it was pretty cool to see. It's
0: it. all over with at Memphis when you get in that lineup. I mean, I tell people that it's all. You definitely have to fall into a rhythm with those judges of being yeah. able. You got to be able to communicate with somebody, right? And, and I'm going to say it's about a fifty fifty shot. Some people are people, persons, and sure. some people are not. Sure. And uh, if you can tell anybody how you cook that food from raw to cooked, that's all they're asking for, right? You know, if you want to throw any humor in there, you can. I mean, I try to keep it all serious myself. Yeah. No jokes whatsoever. Anybody that knows me. And uh, and roll straight up.
1: But. Depends who your judge is. Uh. Depends who the judge is. Yeah, it depends some of on them. who the
0: judge is. Some of them just sit there and stare at you. Some of them got poker faces, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had some some blank stares, like, yeah. you know. Shit, I laughed at myself and they never they never <laughs> they never done anything and I busted out laughing. They just sat there. I'm like, well, it happens. Yeah. You know, well, talking about food, last night we went to dinner at Southern Social in Germantown, Tennessee. Yes, we did. Not far from us. And I for anyone that is around our area or coming to town, uh, you know, we go to Southern Social every once in a while. So really uh, it's a nice restaurant. Um but it's more like farm-to-table, you know, and craft-style stuff. And everybody had a good meal. But
2: what I ordered was a
0: country-fried New York strip.
2: Yeah, I I, uh, I didn't know what to think about that. And, like, we talked about and asked the waiter, is that, you know, pounded out thin and fried? And he said, oh, no, no, no. He said, this thing is a full-size steak cooked to medium-rare, and flash fried and I, I still didn't know what to think about it until it got either. it on the plate.
0: Until it come to the table and <clears> it come <throat> with like a pepper sawmill gravy on top of it. Um it blew my mind. It was killer.
2: Yeah. I mean I couldn't believe how tender it was. It was unbelievable.
0: And we're trying that was probably a good eighteen ounce to twenty oh, ounce was steak. At steak. least that was an inch right. and a half to inch. Was steak. inch it, was a big, it was between an inch and a quarter an inch and a half. It was a big steak. It, it it was, but it was, I don't know. It was really, really good. It was good. interesting.
1: So, like you said, we go there. I mean, not, we haven't been there in a while, but I've never seen that on the menu before. No, that yet. was a new item, which they changed their menu, I think, seasonally anyway. But, yeah, that was definitely
2: interesting. So. Everything was really good. I had the pork chop and Brussels sprouts and a, a some kind of sweet, sweet potato, potato souffle. souffle or something. Yeah, and it. Brussels sprouts were really on point. They had a little kick to them, little they spice. Were they were really good. They
0: were. Yeah, the mashed potatoes was killer. Um,
1: Wedge salad. The was barbecue good.
0: shrimp was hands down. So that's my favorite, and
1: yeah. and so you're not like I'm you not said, a shrimp guy. You're not yeah. a shrimp guy, and finally I was like, so is it the shrimp or will you at least try the sauce? Yeah, that you told me to so, try the
2: sauce on some bread, and you were not wrong. It,
1: that's the whole reason I get the dish. the The sauce that's on there, it's not for the shrimp. But yeah, it was the sauce
2: phenomenal. Amazing. That's
0: definitely heavy Worcestershire with lemon. Very lemon. heavy Worcestershire. Very. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could taste it. I could, the depth of flavor. It was very it, good. It was very good. It was real good. Absolutely. What did you
1: eat? Uh, a filet.
0: Yeah, you had a filet, a blue cheese stuff, uh, crusted filet. Uh, I And basic. wine.
1: And yep. wine. Two flights of wine.
0: The wine was very good. I mean, nothing wrong with it. they uh,
1: like small.
0: Now, you ordered a drink at the end, and what oh, yeah. was the name of After this drink?
2: dinner drink. A fire ring of fire. Ring of fire. Ring of fire. That yeah. Was it.
0: So what all was in the ring of fire? You said it had tequila in it.
2: Tequila, pomegranate, ghost pepper, which scared me. I had to ask the waiter how yeah. hot it was gonna be. And I like I like hot stuff, but I've had a few, you know, spicy margaritas where it just lit me up so bad I couldn't even drink it. And he promised me it wasn't gonna be that. And it wasn't. It was it was real similar to a paloma. The taste was real similar to a paloma, but it had that little spicy kick to and it was really, really good. It, uh, somewhere between a Paloma and lemonade is almost what it tasted like. And it, uh, I could have drank 10 of those things. It was delicious, (laughs) (laughs) but I limited myself to one. Nothing wrong
0: with that. Well, you know, talking about a good time, that was good food, but you know, coming back in Key West, y'all were at Key West as well. And so tell me your thoughts on Key West, the whole trip, the Baron Burton's Rub and Tug invitation. It was
2: a blast, an absolute blast. Uh, like you said, Candice, I, I think it was not much of a vacation. It was a lot of work. It was It was non. Worked. It was nonstop blowing and going. But uh, especially in Key West when you tend to stay out too late and then you're up the next morning fishing or lobstering or cooking or whatever yep. you're doing. Um, it wasn't a lot of rest going on, but it was no. a blast, you know. I've been down to Key West six or seven times, but uh, never done anything like that. I've never done the lobster diving. I haven't done much fishing. I've done fishing in the Keys, but not in Key West. And so we had a blast, man. We had an awesome guide, Diego, on fishing and lobstering. Um, we caught a bunch of fish. We caught Permit, Snook, Tarpon, Snapper, a uh, couple other things I'm forgetting, I'm sure. And then uh, the lobstering, that was that was interesting. That was hard. It was very hard. Uh, we talked about it last night a little bit. We started out probably close to where y'all were when we were 10, 12 feet of water. Current ripping, and we, man, this... This ain't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'd,
0: you'd go off this other boat, and then you you pop back up, and you're 40 foot from the boat already. You yeah. don't realize how far the water had carried you away, and you had to swim back toward the boat because that's where the lobsters was that <laughs> sitting basically on top of them. And it, you know.
2: Yeah, we ended up in uh, over close to the sandbar, and we were uh, about chest deep water, and so you could kind of just stick your head down and look around and walk, and. You know, you'd see these holes, and you see the tentacles down there or whatever, and then you'd have to dive down and go get them. But that was doable. And once once we got to that spot and started finding them, it was a lot of fun and kind of got the hang of it. But uh, it was definitely harder than I thought it was going to be. Definitely a lot harder yeah. than I thought it was going to be. And then, then we rolled into the sandbar, and that was just – I mean, that was an experience like nothing I've ever had. That was so cool.
0: How far are we – were we offshore? And we were
2: about 20 miles off of Key West.
0: Somebody was asking me, telling me there's no way we were 20 miles off yeah, of we Key were. West. And I'm like, we were a good 10 to 15. I know. Yeah, we were 20 I miles mean, off. Hell, it was an hour boat ride, 45 yeah. minutes, wasn't it? Solid.
2: Yeah, we were way wide out there. open. Yeah. We were out there and uh, just beautiful blue water and cooking and cooking beautiful RC Ranch wagyu steaks and lobsters. And uh, we took one of the loco cookers out there and we. We boiled up 100 pounds of shrimp out there. I don't think
0: I ever got a shrimp. You
2: didn't get a shrimp? Mm -mm. Oh, you missed out. (laughs) No, I mean, well,
0: you know, everything, the tide was coming in, and we were talking and carrying Tide was
2: definitely coming in, and it came in fast. You know, when we first got there, it was all sand. Yeah. And then, you know, you'd step in a little water puddle and burn your feet. The water was so damn hot from sitting on that sand. Next thing you know, you're almost knee-deep water, and buckets are floating around,
0: and stuff's
2: getting away from you.
0: When it got to be about eight inches from the bottom of the green egg, I mean, and there was only – by the time they took our tent down, because most of us, the people that migrated over toward our tent, me and Matt Pittman were standing there talking and Max the meat guy and Candace and I don't know who all had walked over there at that time. Uh, But Matt had been over there and Max um, had been over there over an hour and a half talking two hours, Pittman had. And so we didn't really realize, paying attention that all, you know, we knew the water was rising, but they had took all the tents down and the boats were getting closer and closer. And when we turned around, there was only two eggs left, and all of us, about a dozen of us standing in the water. (laughs) Everybody else got on boats. And so they snapped that one pick that showed up on the cover of the barbecue news and everywhere else. But that was just, I don't know, that was iconic.
2: Yeah, it was, was. Nothing like that's ever been done. Yeah, that that was,
0: and I cannot wait to do it again. I will be so much more prepared next Absolutely. year for I think every, everything. I'm going for more time. I think the I'm, teams I'm, will I'm, be I'm more
2: prepared. You. I think Bear and Burton and Jen will be more prepared. Yeah. Uh, kind of lock it in, learn from you know. It's the first year. It's gonna you're gonna learn yeah, from things your course. first year. It can only get better from here, and I think it will. And uh, as long as they have that event, I plan on being there because it was just amazing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be there. Amazing. And you guys actually drove there. We did drive there. Are you
1: driving drive. next year? Yeah, I was going to say, are you driving again?
2: We'll probably get <laughs> roped into it. <laughs> we brought all the meat from Texas that was provided for people to cook. We brought um, a lot of the swag that was given away to the teams. We brought a lot of that with us from Texas. So we had to we brought a cargo trailer out there and we broke it up. We stopped uh JJ actually grew up in the Boca Grande area. So we stopped there and we fished over there for a day and then came on down to the Keys. Well, no, so it no wasn't with that bad. I mean, you had The like drive home was the drive home we we hauled home, but the drive there we broke up a little bit. It wasn't too bad. I do that on trips too. I'm yeah. bad about stopping somewhere yeah. on a long trip going and then coming back. I'm I'm ready to get home. Yeah, we I mean, we stopped on the way back. We stopped in Mobile and slept for know, Four or five hours and then got back on the road. But yeah, it's a 20, 24, 25 hour drive from us. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize it. You know, it's only. Yeah, once you get to Florida. From here to Vegas driving. Yeah, once you get to Florida, you're
0: only
1: halfway there. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, and then you got to go a long ways through Florida. It's a long ways.
0: <laughs> well, that last 90 miles is what, six hours?
2: Uh, From, you know, about three hours drive down from Miami to. To Key West usually, if traffic they not say terrible. that's
1: one of the best drives though. Yeah, I've done it a number of We've times. It, it is
2: a beautiful drive. I think
0: I'd still fly into Miami and drive it. I would not drive it from here
2: down. Yeah, I would suggest fly to Fort Lauderdale. Or I'd Miami. get a rental
0: car and I'm gonna be a passenger because I'm gonna be yeah.
2: go to go to Fort Lauderdale, not not Miami. The airport's much better, much easier to get around. Oh, really? The
1: airport at Key West is not
2: small. much, Ooh, not much. very, very small. Yeah. yeah, they are adding on to
0: it.
1: True, they are. Are but, they? It's well, been yeah. a couple
2: of years since I flew into Key Leaving West. there
0: was rough. It, you don't not realize how packed it is when you get in that place. Yeah. yeah and you no drop What down time sure. did y'all fly
2: out?
1: Well, it got delayed. Like 1 o'clock or something? Okay. It was supposed to be, but then it ended up being in later two. or something. I don't remember. Because if you're there
2: like 5, 6 o'clock in no, the evening. it wasn't that late. That airport shuts down. You can still, you know, there's still flights, but you can't even get a snack or a drink or nothing in there, so. It, really. it shuts down. We knew
0: that we didn't want to leave out at 8 a.m. Yeah. In the morning, 7 no. a.m. And so we waited to mid-morning got packed up. And we had to ship some stuff off at FedEx back home and all that. But definitely next year, I think I will go down at least a couple of days prior to the event. Yeah. And I will stay one to two days after the event. Yeah. Because just trying to, as soon as the event's over, it those three days are really They're a packed. lot. They're packed yeah. with the stuff you're doing. You really need a day to lay around. To catch up before you fly out. At least I did. I, yeah. I'm sorry.
2: So, if you, if you drive in or fly into Miami or Fort Lauderdale and drive down, I would suggest on your way back, you know, leave the day, the morning after the, the event is over, go to Almarada and stay at a place. There's a place there called Chica Lodge. My wife and I love to stay at. We've been there four or five times. And beautiful, very relaxing, very different than Key West. Almorada is it's about halfway from Miami down to, to Key West. And it's just super relaxing, super laid back, and we well, may have to do that next year. Maybe yeah. get a rental
0: car out of there and drive back up and fly out to somewhere. It like is that. a beautiful drive. That, that would be a little bit different driving out
2: of there and get to see it. That that would yeah. be kind of kind of cool. That'd be a fun trip for sure. Yeah, and then the cooking day down in Key West was hot, hot, oh, hot. It was hot, Man, but was at hot. least we
0: had the pool. right We did have us. the pool.
2: It, it's pretty handy being able to just step in the pool every five minutes. You I had would
0: to. I would flip something on yeah. the grill. And yeah. literally go, y'all don't let it burn up, I'm going right here to the pool. And I'd go in there and I'd set my watch four minutes, I got in the pool here. And yeah. I'd cool off and I'd come right back out,
2: I'd be dripping wet, flip what I needed to on the grill, go right back
1: in the pool. that <laughs> yeah. was hot. That, that was, that
2: was a fun day, though, watching watching everybody do their thing. And, you know, everybody that was there, all the teams were so cool and everybody was uh, – the camaraderie was great with everybody. It was. It, we were, everybody wanted to win, but – Everybody was having a great time talking with each other and well. Sharing at the end of the day, I think
0: they raised what over seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, is what, what the pediatric total was. cancer, yeah, pediatric brain cancer, which I think is really cool. Great organization. Uh, what was the gentleman's name representing the Pediatric Brain Cancer Foundation? I, I, can I can't, I can't remember, remember his name. I, can I think see it's cards his cards on my desk over here, but I can't remember yeah. his name. But really, really superb guy. But that that. I don't know, that was, I cannot wait to be a part of that. Yeah, and like I said, it it can only
2: get bigger and better from here.
0: I mean, it it was definitely, what was your favorite part of the trip? If you had to do one thing,
2: what was your favorite part of the trip? And that sandbar day was just unbelievable. Because I've, you know, I've done a lot of fishing. I've done a lot of cooking. I've never done anything like that.
0: Yeah. I agree. I almost wish that we could have spent a little more time out there.
2: Yeah, get there a little earlier, uh, We had to bail out because the water was coming in fast. So when does the tide? When is it down low enough? Early in the morning. Well, I guess it depends on the time of year and whatnot. But uh, that day, what time do we get there? Like one, one thirty, and And by by three thirty, three thirty, four o'clock, it it was. We were having to pack up and go because the water was getting too high. Now,
0: how tall would it get there?
2: I don't know. I don't know how tall it is. I think they felt
0: like it wouldn't get much more. Yeah. Maybe another foot or so and that'd be about it. I don't but.
2: think we could have handled another foot with the, the eggs and I know that no. that loco boiler we cooked the shrimp on, the uh the water got to about that far below the burners on the bottom of that thing. Wow. Really? <laughs>
0: yeah. Before y'all got it cleaned yeah, out and yeah. got it done. Yep. Wow. But it, it was, was definitely something crazy. Amazing trip. So, you know, going back and talking about um who y'all are and all that. How did y'all get involved with Alex Bregman in the first place?
2: So we – Alex Wilson, who is my third partner on my side of the business, is a former major league pitcher. Y'all met him down in Key West. He was there with us. Uh, He pitched eight years in the majors. And he's retired, and he's an agent now. Um, He's real good friends with Brian Presley, who is the closer for the Astros. We go hunting with him and stuff, hang out. Presley would get us to come in and do catering for the Astros. We would cater a lot of their post-game meals and stuff like that. So, one day, this is a couple years ago, it was a Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we get a call from the Sugarland Skeeters, who is the Astros' AAA affiliate, from their nutritionist, and she says, hey, Alex Bregman is down here on a rehab assignment. He had injured his leg, was on his way back to the big league team, and said... He's buying dinner tonight for the team after the game, and he wants barbecue. He wants brisket. And we said, "Well, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. There's no way he's getting brisket, but <laughs> we will put something good together for him. It's perfect." So we scramble. You know, we we send people here, here, here. Go pick up this trailer. Go run to the store. Get this. To get this. I mean, scrambling. And we roll into Sugarland Stadium, and we cook, and we end up doing um, whole beef tenderloin, twice baked potatoes green beans i don't remember what else but we put together a pretty good spread it was, it was good food for sure the players come through they're eating every one of them is loving the meal alex is the last one out and he looks right at me and says where's the brisket and i told him i said man y'all need calls till three o'clock this afternoon there was no way y'all were getting brisket today and he said i, I really wanted brisket I so, said, okay. I said, are you still going to be here on Sunday? He said, yeah, that'll be my last game down at Sugar Land. It'll be Sunday. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to put together a box for you and your family. You can take it home. Y'all can eat dinner. So, I, I mean, I went to work. I put together the most beautiful barbecue box I've ever built in my life. You know, brisket, and beef rib, pork ribs. I think I had some pork belly burn-ins in there. I had a corn and German potatoes and beans. I mean, I went all out brought in this box, that's on Sunday. On Tuesday, we are catering the Astros. And so we're out in the parking lot. After catering them, and he comes out, and he says, uh, hey, I want to talk with y'all. Come to my house tomorrow. They had an off day the next day. He said, come to my house tomorrow, bring y'all's pit, pull it up in my driveway, cook, let's sit around me, and my, my team, and let's talk. And so we did and pulled up there and cooked them dinner and sat around his dining room table for four or five hours talking. And he had a brand of salsa already um, that he'd had out for a year or so and was wanting to expand into something else. And he knew that we had a line of rubs and sauces already. So that's where the marriage kind of began. And uh, we went in and formed a, a, a new company together and, went from there and so you know, we're in Rouse's in Louisiana, H-E-B and Kroger in Texas and uh, going into Albertson's now and online sales and it's just been a, a, a bit of a whirlwind two years. I bet it has. Yeah. Uh, been a whirlwind of
0: a two years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now y'all are doing more big box retail and stuff like that. Yeah. That phase, that's a lot of challenges, isn't Yeah it right?
2: and, and we're, you know, we're kind of a regional brand right now. We're Uh, South, Southeast Texas, and then Louisiana. And that's basically based on Alex's name, you know, Astros fans, and then he went to LSU. So people in Louisiana love him. So Louisiana and Southeast Texas are our bread and butter right now. We got some things in the works. We're going to look into moving into more of a national brand. That's our plan for uh, 2024. And we got some exciting things that are coming up that, that we'll be revealing, you know, between now and the end of the year. Some new products, uh, we can talk about some of those. We've got a new brisket rub that's hitting the shelves at Albertsons called Brisky Business. And it's a very traditional Texas SPG with a little bit of sugar in it, but a very traditional Texas beef rub. Uh, and then we have a Creole blackening season that we're super excited about. We've got that in some food service stuff already, but it's not available to the public. And then we have our Seafood Boil. will be coming out we'll have that ready for it's ready now but we'll be launching it for crawfish season next year uh if you would have had some of the shrimp down to key west you would have gotten to try it well
0: and honestly i just never made it over to that pot was the problem it kept eyeballing me but i never made it
2: over there yeah we got a lot of things in the works right now we're excited it's an exciting time for us we're really going to try to grow in 2024 i mean i feel like
0: 2024 is going to be the year to do it I, i feel like the groundwork's been laid. Absolutely. The way the economy is and everything else. It looks like we, you know, I hope we don't hit another recession spell, right. but, man, it sure looks like it's leading to it the way everything yeah. is. People but still got to eat. People still got to eat. <laughs> I mean, I tell people that all the time, um, you know, all the time.
2: Yeah. Oh, so,
0: wow. So we're excited. I bet. So are y'all going to continue with food service and uh, online to grow online? Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. And all that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's real good.
2: Real yeah, good. food service stuff. We got, you know, we do uh, Landry's uses our blackened seasoning. So they, if you go to any Saltgrass Steakhouse, they got our blackened seasoning, and they got a number of restaurants that they they use it in. And then everything else is kind of just regional around the Houston area right now. But we'll start to try to expand. Like, like I said, we have a lot of, we've got a path that we're trying to go on in 2024, and we really have a lot of plans that we're going to try to hit hard. So it's gonna it's gonna be a big year for us.
0: Well, good, good. I'm glad everything's rolling good. Oh, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out today, coming on yeah. the show, telling people who y'all are and what y'all got going. I think y'all have a great story. Yeah,
2: appreciate I it. I can't
0: wait to keep uh, hanging out with y'all and having yeah. a good time. I, I love meeting people. Uh, and it seems like that everybody we meet in Texas, we ultimately become really good friends <laughs> with. Do, because Texas is We're just is so friendly much, people. Well, Texas is so much like mississippi where we're at absolutely i mean we're just good old rednecks man trying to have a good time no doubt
2: we were showing each other deer pictures earlier i mean
0: mean, that's all that's that's what's all about Time to have a good time
2: and that's that i think i told you yesterday we're really trying to build not just a, a barbecue brand we're trying to build a lifestyle brand the things we enjoy doing we love to hunt we love to fish we love being in the outdoors uh and all that goes together. You know, anytime we're doing any of that, we're cooking. That's right. That's exactly right. So it's not just barbecue brand. It's it's a lifestyle brand. It's what we enjoy doing. It's about cooking and having a good time and drinking beers with your buddies around a campfire and listening to some good music. That's, that's what it's is, all about.
0: That's exactly it. And I, I tell her the same thing. We're, we're kind of got a farm build going on. And I love just to be able to just cook and show yeah. people what we do besides just in-house barbecue stuff. I and mean, I cook a lot of other types of stuff. and. And was raised really cooking country foods with my mm-hmm. grandmother and taught that kind of stuff, and so I want to be able to highlight some of that and show some of that and just some of the things. So I think it's
2: and there's there's nothing better than throwing a steak or some fajitas or something over a campfire with a bunch of buddies and just eating with your hands, on a paper and plate or your hands, a yeah, paper towel. That's right. Absolutely, pocket knives. And, that's, yeah, it. That's, that's it. That's
0: it. Been on plenty of those types of hunts. Absolutely, like the best kind. That's the best kind. Well, tell everybody where they can find you all that on social media.
2: Uh, Breggy BreggieBomb on all social media. Me, J.D. Marsh, you can find me on all social media. But yeah, breggybomb.com You can pick up all our products and swag and, and stuff there. So come see us. Well, J.D., I appreciate you for coming
0: on and sharing your wealth of knowledge with us out of Texas. And now we're going to roll into some mailbag questions that, of course, readers want to know. So come on, let's get them answered. <laughs>
1: Uh, number one, what's your favorite recipe video that you've done?
0: You know, I'm not going to say it's uh, favorite recipe video that you've done. As far as, like, eating-wise, I'm going to have to say it's probably my barbecue meatloaf. I'm a huge fan of it. The video is a way older video. i probably need yeah. to go back and redo it. But I absolutely love my barbecue meatloaf. Um, and if I had to pick another one, I really enjoy the Dr. Pepper ribs when I cook them.
1: You're welcome.
0: I know. You come up with that idea for me You're to do and it was really good, so I'm going to have to say the Dr. Pepper ribs.
1: All right. Um, what's your favorite dip or queso to have for football games?
0: Well, you know, we were just talking about the cheeseburger queso, yeah. but I think traditional queso, I really like the one I use, the, little, the roasted poblano peppers in when I done that time. Uh, and cooked the peppers it's myself and then cut so it up. You did. You really like that one. You've done a few. Um, so, I think the one, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's the one with it's the roasted or poblano peppers I put in it. I really like that queso recipe.
1: Yeah, it's really good. What grade is better than prime when it comes to brisket?
0: There's nothing wrong with a prime brisket, but having a really good either Australian Wagyu or American Wagyu brisket um, you know, there's so many great companies out there now that, that has them. It's hard to turn down a, a rich, marbled-up
1: Wagyu brisket. So you would say that Wagyu is better than prime is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> and even twice on Sundays. Okay. All right. I
1: have yeah. I have trouble with keeping my Weber grill hot for a long time because the charcoal just burns off within 30 to 40 minutes and the temp drops dramatically. Any tips?
0: Of course, you always want to use a few chunks of nice wood when you're using your Weber kettle, Uh, and that's why that one side of the grate always flips up. You know, you really need to take it and keep adding wood to that fire. Once it gets going, you get a good coal bed built, and that's what's going to keep your grill at temp. And keep adding a few briquettes of charcoal every now and then or fire up a half a chimney and dump it in and a few more wood chunks. But you got to get your timing down on that. So if you know you're going to need charcoal every 45 minutes to an hour, Go ahead and burn a little bit off over here on your chimney and throw a few chunks of wood in there on top of it when you put it in.
1: All right, last question. When I wrap my ribs meat side down, all of the nice bark I've built is gone once they're tender from the moisture in the bottom of the wrap. It doesn't seem to work properly for me. Is there something I'm doing wrong?
0: Well, if they've watched enough of my videos, they know that I do a smear test on a rib. I'm going to take my finger and wipe it across that rib. And if that rub comes off, I know it's not ready to be wrapped. So I would think he needs to cook his rib longer up towards 160 degrees for that rub to really stick before they wrap it. It has to be dry. It has to be dried out for the rub to stay on it. You can always go back and set more bark and get a little more flavor pop on the end with that. Um, And those are just some of the little small tricks that us competition guys use. But let that rub stick before you wrap it is the only thing you have to do.
1: All right, that's all the questions that we have.
0: I appreciate everybody sending in their questions and everything. If you have any any questions or mailbag questions you want to ask us on the show, be sure to write them in, drop them in the comments or messages. We'll get them on a list and get them answered. I'll see you next week for another episode of Shooting the Q right here live. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.